Hello, I'm Stephanie Belcher. And I'm Del Belcher, and welcome to Learn, Learn to, to Like, like each, each Other. other. <sighs> Just popping up a cold boy. <laughs> yeah. An, a LaCroix from Aldi. I know, instead of getting LaCroix, we they have them at Aldi, so we call them Aldi Croy. Because mm-hmm. um, they're a little bit cheaper and they taste good. <laughs> it's, it's called, uh, let's do respect, Bella Vie. Yeah, they're good. But I'm needing to wash down because I have the sweet, sugary, beautiful taste of a punchki running down my gullet. And it's uh, it's that time of year, babe. Punchki day is coming. It's coming. I think it's, I think I looked it up in Fat Tuesday. Let me, let me Google it. It's also Mardi Gras. When is Fat Tuesday? Because, um. Shrove Tuesday will be on Tuesday, February 25th, 2020. That's like in a week. Almost in two weeks from today. Two, uh, what's today? Well, the day of this show of going on air. Oh, yeah. So for those who don't know what punchkis are, so there's Fat Tuesday. You may have heard of Mardi Gras. And those are dates centered around this, this Christian holiday season of Lent. I guess it's not a holiday. Time before Easter, where you're supposed to like fast or whatever. So the point of like Mardi Gras or Fat Tuesday is that you just go crazy and you eat whatever and drink whatever. And then you don't during Lent right for 40 days mm-hmm. and so punchkis i've i never heard of them before i moved to michigan or the detroit area i hadn't heard of them until i came to the michigan area either and um so punchkis because i guess there's a you know the big polish community in like detroit and what they do is they take all of the fat and all of the lard and all of the treats and sweets and sugars and make these pa- and just like use them all up and make these little donut things, fill them with fruit. By donuts, he means massive, delicious, fatty donut. Yeah, they're like bread-thick buns, sweet buns, Paul Hollywood sweet buns, Ugh. filled with goo of all sorts. And um, Well, the traditional ones are, uh, I don't know if it's actually raspberry. It might be plum-filled, but it's filled with... Mm. Oh my gosh, I'm totally forgetting words, but it's meant to be jelly-filled, and then it's powdered sugar on the outside. Don't get them confused with jelly donuts. Yeah, they're different. That's ridiculous. Anyway, so yeah, they use them all up, and then you wouldn't, so then you wouldn't have them for Lent, and you wouldn't be tempted. You'd get it all, get all that temptation out of your system. And so, because I have celiac disease, I hadn't had a punchki for a few years. Oh, yeah. And last year, one of my friends, who's also gluten-free, told me about a bakery in Rochester Hills, which is close to the Detroit area, that ships gluten-free punchkis out. <laughs> yes, they do. So I was checking their Facebook page for... Religiously. A lot, making sure that I got on there when they had them. And then the day they went live, Dell went on and ordered. I ordered eight punchkis, and it was worth every penny. They were definitely an investment in our punchkis. <laughs> uh, but they came Tuesday... And we froze four, and then we've eaten three. We've like gradually gone through them. Yeah, it's so good. We have to eat the rest of them all on Fat Tuesday. I mean, I can eat whatever punchki I want, but most of the time, the punchkis that you get at the grocery store, they're just like glorified jelly donuts. But you have to do like the small bakery punchki. Well, and if you're interested in this bakery, it's called Gluten Free Specialties. They have a Facebook page that's pretty decent. They post what they have live and. They're just really good. Um, just so you do know, in other places, so I have a friend in Oklahoma, and they do Pancake Day. 
Oh, that's good. So That'd I've heard fun. in other places it's pancake day. You eat these like big pancakes full of, you know, jelly and whatnot. So if you go on Twitter on Lent or the day before Lent, Fat Tuesday, you'll see pancake day, pancake day. And then in these weird pockets, you'll see this weird Polish word that doesn't look like punchki. Um, and it will be punchki day. Well, and then the other thing, sorry, back to our punchkis. <laughs> There's the traditional ones, but we also ordered ones that were vanilla f- cream filled. Mm-hmm. But then you could choose whether or not it came with a tub of chocolate <laughs> topping. <laughs> so I didn't know what to expect, but it, it was literally a tub of chocolate frosting, like two cups mm-hmm. of chocolate frosting. Well, it's, that's two orders and it's thick it and really good. solid and wonderful. Yeah. So we've just been smearing it on everything and that's why i feel sugar crazy right now because we just split a punchki well and we we'd given one to carly too and it was the first time she had it and i think i thought she was gonna lose her mind yeah i asked her if she'd want to share and she said no 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 father i do not wish to share my punchki and then she grabbed your <laughs> bite and started eating it she did anyway stephanie <sighs> yeah we got another couple of weeks to eat punchkis Yep. Before the punchy season is over. Trying to do it gradually. Work our way up to to Fat Tuesday when I really can pound a bunch of them at the same time. Mm -hmm. It's like my punchy exercises. Yes. So, Stephanie, besides talking about punchkeys, what else do we do on this podcast? So, this is Learn to Like Each Other. It's a podcast where we try to take an article or a topic that's out there. And then we talk about it. So sometimes I'll find a research article that's really popular right now, or I might just take a topic that's interesting to me because mm-hmm. the research articles are boring nowadays. <laughs> um, and then we just break it down and chit chat about it. All centered around relationships mm-hmm. with your partners, with your coworkers, friends. We haven't done pets. Yeah, we're not going to. <laughs> Not fur babies? Nope. Okay. Well, Stephanie, I see... Can you leave it at home alone for a week? (laughs) Not a baby. (laughs) You can't leave a baby home alone. Exactly. People are like, it's my fur baby. I'm like, it's your pet. I love pets. We have two pets. They're great. Not a baby. Not a baby. Um, Have you breastfed it for a year? (laughs) Well, if you have, then you definitely are a fur baby. (laughs) This is my dog. I'm telling you, that's the next fad. Uh, my dog, he's a latch. He's latching pretty he's latching. well. I'm exclusively, <laughs> exclusively pumped for my Labrador um, for two years. That colostrum just made his fur so shiny. I bet that that's happening. I wouldn't be surprised. Well, Barf. I don't know. Okay, well, I I'm going to Google it after this. Are a- people <laughs> breastfeeding their dogs? Oh, no, don't. Don't. <laughs> don't. don't. I doubt Search it's that like, into my universe right now. I, it's, it'd have to be pumped, I, I think. It wouldn't have to be. <laughs> my theory with the internet is that if you can imagine it, it exists. It's happening. Oh, dear. Okay, well, I got to go clean up. Um, <laughs> and, uh, we'll be back right after this. Okay, Stephanie, welcome back to the show. Um, so what do you have for us today? Well, Valentine's Day is just around the corner. Yeah, it's this week. Yeah, Friday. Oh, man. We could have talked about that for the intro. So thanks to St. Valentine for... Getting beheaded. Whatever you did. I don't really know. I think... Can I tell you what I think about that happened? Sure. He was getting beheaded. 
like all good saints do. (laughs) (laughs) And somebody wrote him a note and gave it to him. And then, so somebody, so Hallmark, St. Hallmark was like, what a good idea. (laughs) And now we have Valentine's Day. You look frightened. You know what I looked up, don't you? Dog breastfeeding. Okay. Yep. (laughs) Yep. No, okay. There's videos. No, 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 no. Okay. So St. Valentine's. Wow. No. Sorry. Okay. Oh, it gets worse. (laughs) Okay. We're going to backtrack. Maybe don't Google that because like the seventh result down goes anyway. Nowhere. Nowhere fast. The answer is yes. Oh, boy. Okay. Well, thanks for that. You can dream it. You can do it. (laughs) I don't want to live anymore. (laughs) So Valentine's Day. Yes. uh, Say I want to take my pup. Me and my doggy. Yeah. Want to go. Yeah. We need to pivot away from this given the topic. So. So I subscribe i was gonna say prescribe so i subscribe to the gottman institute has the marriage minute oh yes and it's just uh an email that they send out every now and again that takes a minute to read and it's on a topic so it's little tips and stuff good i like that he's true to his word about it being a minute long i know because there's so many things out there that take forever and you're like Ugh, i literally have a minute for this <laughs> it, it's more encouraging than a marriage moment because i'm like who even knows how long a moment it is? Could be, yeah. Fair enough. Uh, so uh, these are all from the Gottman Institute and some articles that they had out there. But I thought we could talk about, in the spirit of Valentine's Day, mm-hmm. uh, how to have a better sex life. Ooh. I know. Let's do that. So let's talk about mm-hmm. sex, baby. Let's talk about you. I feel like we've probably talked about sex before. I feel that that's a big portion of our show. Oh, yeah, probably in some way, shape, or form. Sex? Yeah. What's love got to do with it? Yeah. So uh, to be clear, what we'll be talking about, we won't be talking about positions or anything. It's not going to get really graphic. It's going to be more research-oriented, what Mm, research says about good sex, bad sex, and then tips for making your sex life better. So if I had a child listening to the show, he could listen to it. Well, I think it all depends on what your personal boundaries are around that. Got it. Some people don't care. Some people would prefer their kids aren't around that. All right. Content warning. As a parent, this is your chance to parent. To make a choice. To make a choice to be the kind of parent you wish to be. Exactly. All right. Stephanie, take it away. But it'll be in the title, too. So I feel like if it's not something you want around your, you know, whatever. Yeah, I get it. But I think my favorite is in... I think it's in This American Life. They're so snarky and they say, just a warning that this podcast acknowledges that sex exists. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, I love you guys so much. Just to say cover all, cover all sort of terms. I feel like it's just a slap in the face to people. It's like, yeah, sex exists. Duh. But then I'll have to talk to my kids about it. Oh my gosh. I hate that. We have to talk to our children about the world. What's it coming to? All right, so uh, Gottman wants to tell us about sex kay. and having a better sexual life. So there's people out there that are having good sex, and mm-hmm. there's people out there that are having not as good sex. Hmm. Granted, there's probably a scale here, but I feel like you know. maybe most people are having a little bit of both. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. So there was a research. There was research that was done. And they wrote a book about it, and the book is called The Normal Bar. But the research was done by Chrisanna Northup, Pepper Schwartz of 
Married at First Sight fame. Ah. Yes. And James Witty. Yeah. So that means her title is Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper Schwartz. Dr. Pepper Schwartz. She says her whole name when she says her Um, name. My name is Dr. Pepper Schwartz. Yeah. What a great name. She's a, yeah. I wonder if she has a TV show. For sure. Although, uh, anyway. (laughs) So they did an online study with 70,000 people in 24 countries. And the goal of the study was to figure out what the differences were between couples that had good sex versus those that didn't have as good a sex. Yeah. What does make that happen? Exactly. Isn't it an interesting question? When you phrase it like that, it's just like, oh, okay. Uh, And so there are questions about, you know, how do you rate your sex life? And then what practices do you have or don't have with your partner? A lot of thrusting exercises. So, yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's like, well, we always eat watermelon. (laughs) Um, And so... The kicker is they found that couples that have good sex kind of do the same sort of practices in their relationships. Hmm. And so the super quick summary. So what is the little nugget that helps people have a good sex life? In And this is a quote from the article. In short, they turn toward one another with love and affection connect, to connect emotionally and physically. So you're saying sex is more than just doing it. Yeah. It's like an emotional thing. Yeah. Whoa. And so it's a constant turning towards your partner. Aw. Yeah. Is what these couples do. That's the that's the quick summary of it all. Okay. The article was very specific to mention that the vast majority of couples with a good sex life cuddle. Cuddling? I know. That's so good. And they mentioned that because... Um, Esther Perel mentions in her Mating in Captivity book mm-hmm. not to cuddle. What? And Esther. so this research is saying, eh, actually, like couples that have a good sex life. I like the intrigue of these two relationship people having a beef. One's pro-cuddle, one's anti-cuddle. Well, this article is really snarky about the Esther ah. Perel thing. They're like, well, this research based on 70,000 people was better than Esther's intuition. <laughs> what do you think about that? Esther. And I was like, okay, like these people, these, one is very research driven, one comes from clinical experience, so. Mm-hmm. Gottman's coming in hot. Well, I feel like it's like, you know, you got to respect these different mm-hmm. approaches to it. and Maybe make a happy medium and cuddle sometimes. Yeah. Uh, that being said, research says cuddle. Okay. Scientific research says cuddling. Uh, so the research also identified... Is this why you're sitting on my lap right now during this podcast? <laughs> Holding you. <laughs> so they identified 13 things that couples with a good sex life do. Mm-hmm. But I didn't want to list all 13 because I figured go out and search for it yourself. Plus me just listing 13 things. Not good entertainment. Kind of boring. Um, but I thought I'd list... I picked out five because I thought these were the fun ones. And, and they're pretty oh. easy for people to do. Oh. oh, I'm very excited. Uh, they say I love you every day and mean it. <laughs> the first part, like who doesn't say I love you every day? I had that thought too. And then you said and mean it. I'm like, oh, I always mean it when I say it to you, babe. I feel like I mean it too. Yeah. But I love you. I love you. Mean it. <laughs> I'm guessing there's people that don't. Yeah. Like, or just you say it enough where it's just kind of like habit of like. Not bad. It's just you just say it without thinking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They turn. Oh, 
<laughs> Sorry, tongue tied. <laughs> they know what turns their partners on and off erratically. Oh. Yeah. I feel like that's helpful. <laughs> it's like, we're just having sex. Like, and I'm like, why don't. I'm hoping I know. How come you're not turned on by all of my burritos? <laughs> <laughs> this is the third plate of whipped cream. What's wrong? <laughs> I know. And I. It's like you're just married 20 years and you're just like, yeah, I'll figure it out. Or how do you, how would, mm-hmm. how would you just not know? I feel like it's I'm e- being judgmental. I right feel now. like it could be easy to not know. I think there's this whole thing with men and women when it comes to sex of like, who even knows what makes women tick? So I think kind oh, of yeah. like, like culturally guys just sort of give up trying to figure it out. And they're just like, it's like a panel with a lot of switches i don't know so uh, i don't know we are being super heteronormative right now like i feel like we should definitely throw that out there in my defense there's like literally no research about non-heterosexual yeah. couples that are yeah, so yeah. deal with it but i think you're right too like that that discourse exists like men are from mars women are from venus like women am i right i find that stuff so annoying it and is really annoying reductive because but. you can know and I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you do. Vacuuming. <laughs> uh, so they make sex a priority, not the last item of a long to-do list. Oh, that's that's good. It does seem like that's a big, important thing. Yeah, because I feel like life, especially once you have kids, can get really busy. Or Busy seems like the wrong word, but you are taking care of a third person. Mm-hmm. And that third person can just feel like a bigger priority here are your priorities go to work pay your bills have sex with your spouse yeah not in that order that's a good priority for i think adult. it's easy to have a to-do list because mm-hmm. it's like oh i just gotta get by mm-hmm. um the next one is they can talk comfortably about their sex life that can be difficult i feel that there's the you know the cultural taboo of like it's it's weird because everything is very sexual like the mtv and the the bachelor mm-hmm. very sexual but then when you talk about it outside of tv everyone's very seems to be fairly prudish at least in mainstream life yeah it's an interesting thing i think tv is interesting because it does seem to be all about the visualization of sex or there's a lot of visualizing of it mm-hmm. but then the discourse of it isn't an actual conversation about how to talk about sex it's usually either a reaction for or against something visual. Yes. You look sexy because you have less clothes. Yeah. And then beyond that, yeah. But it's not a conversation that's, or like most of it is just judging what women have, women's physical appearances look like. I remember many years ago when I worked at Bed Bath & Beyond and I had a coworker and she had like four kids, but then someone brought up something about sex and she was like, ew, I'm not going to talk about that. I'm like, you just had your fourth kid. Like, yeah. It didn't just appear out of nowhere. It's always weird to me. Like, and, you obviously know how to have sex. <laughs> Unless you asexually reproduce. Maybe. Like a newt or a fish. I think James, the producer, will get on me about that. <laughs> Thanks. Do my research for me, James. I don't know. I'm just trying to tell jokes. Yeah, I don't know how they reproduce <laughs> either. I'm, yep. And then the last one is, they're, well, the last one that I picked is they're mindful about turning towards each other rather than turning towards 
another person or electronics or a hobby or drugs or something else. When they want to talk about something, do something, have a hobby, they turn towards their partner. So that reminds me, it's like this. Have you seen the person, some very deep artist took all of these pictures of people on their phones Ugh. and then removed the phones Let me and the two people were in bed. All these people were in bed and no one was looking at each other. Everybody was looking at their hands. What a comment on culture. I don't, did that annoy you too? <laughs> it's super annoying. I think it also annoyed me because people shared it on it's social like, media, not seeing the irony of from that. From their phones. From their phones. I'm like, so you're sharing something about how bad something is on the device that makes it bad on the platform that you're criticizing. But positively, mm-hmm. to me, it is a visual of like the opposite of that would be turning towards each other. Yes. The opposite of staring at a TV or a phone or a newspaper or your stack of or letters. Or your hobbies, or yeah, uh, or other obsessions, and just really highly focusing on your partner. I think the phone thing bothers me because it's just a new thing, but people have been not turning towards their partner or turning towards something else as a getaway forever. Yeah. Whether it was like hunting or... Like the hieroglyphic guys in Egypt, do you think their wives or friends were like, oh my gosh, you and those cat hieroglyphics all day or like going to war doing drugs playing xbox in the basement sports going to sewing club being gossipy talking on the phone i mean there's people have been using something else to get away from their lives for forever like people are just looking at phones now so i'm more i think when i see that i'm like yeah but that could be anything are you thinking about everything or just a phone because, like, someone made a picture. A phone is an easy, low-picking yeah, thing to criticize because everyone has one. And it's just like, oh, it makes you th- really deeply think, doesn't it? But any <laughs> besides that, I do, I do get a picture. Just the visualization of two people with their back to each other. I just feel like the act of just turning and looking at each other with nothing in between yeah. can be very powerful even on its own. Yeah, that's true. Like us, we have microphones between us. But we're looking at each I, other. I see your eyes. Well, I'm holding my phone with my notes. Like, sorry, I'll stop. How would you do the show without it? Paper. I guess paper would be better. Wouldn't make for as good of a picture, though. <laughs> holding all these papers? No. <laughs> like an encyclopedia? We'd look like we're... Anyway. Sorry, I'll stop. <laughs> uh, so now for the people that didn't have so good a sex lives. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Too much pizza. Uh, so again, this is heteronormative. So it's from 40 heterosexual couples in LA, in Los Angeles, with kids, with dual careers. Oh. Uh, but I think it brings out some good points and stuff to think about for anyone. Mm-hmm. But the sample is pretty biased and super specific. But this was done by the Sloan Center at UCLA. And so I cut and pasted the six things they found for the couples that didn't have great sex lives Mm -hmm. and the practices or habits that they found among these couples where their sex lives weren't that great. Okay. Uh, So again, heteronormative, but still, I feel like... You can take something away from it. Yeah, I feel like it could be anyone. Okay, so let's do it. Number one. They don't spend a lot of time together during their week. (laughs) It's hard to have sex with someone who's not there. (laughs) Believe me, I've tried. Believe me. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I mean, that makes sense. It does. It does. I get it. You're not there. You can't have sex. Yeah. They become job-centered 
and child-centered or mm. and or child-centered okay mm-hmm. again that focus that yeah. focus on other things yep they talk mostly about their huge to-do lists <laughs> <laughs> yes and, uh, and when you're not a priority you're not on the to-do list yep man Doom. these things are all connected pretty much they seem to make everything else a priority other than their relationship. That'll do it. Like job, career, other things. Yeah. And like, yeah, you can have sex just to have sex, but it is nicer to have it when your partner is like about it and about you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Otherwise, what's the point? <laughs> they end up drifting apart and leading parallel lives. Oh. Which I thought was like, oof. Oof. That's rough. But I, I can see that like as life goes on, things become more active. You start just living a life next to someone instead yeah. of with them. And you think like, well, we're just trying to get through. Like when we go on vacation or when we retire or something like we'll. We'll come back together. Yeah. yeah. We'll fix it then. Interesting. But then number six, which echoes the good sex lives, is people that have bad sex lives are unintentional about turning towards each other. This those people with those phones again. <laughs> those LA folks. I'm not starting again. With their iPhones yeah, sucking traffic all day. Yeah. Yeah. Let's try it. Meet me. <laughs> but I feel like they're kind of saying the same thing. Uh, yeah, yeah. They are. It's like literally the good and the bad are opposite of each other. Yeah. It's so stark. Yep. So then I wanted to talk about, okay, great. Like you probably, the Gottman Institute does have a quiz you can take if you Google it's like Gottman Institute quiz about your sex life or something. You'll get there. Don't That's do- some good SEO right there. Yeah. Um, so if you want a quiz on how you think your sex life is, uh, you can take a quiz on it. It'll give you an idea. But you probably have an idea as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you'd like a quantified score, that's Seven. a place to do it. <laughs> Seven? Seven. Seven out of what's up? What's I mean, the top? I don't know. Eight? I don't know. <laughs> Seven? <laughs> Have you ever seen a scale that's like one out of eight? No. No, it's uh, usually ten. Yeah. There's, yeah. Um, so I wanted to talk about, this was a different article that Gottman had for what you can do to make your sex life better. So I thought I'd bring up uh, two things from that article. The article has five, but it's kind of a lot to break down here. Yeah, okay. So one of the first things that the article talked about was... One thing that you can do to improve your sex life is, with your partner, redefine what sex means to you. Yeah. What is good sex for you guys? Yes. Okay. Or what is sex to you guys? Oh, okay. Because they did, again, heteronormative. They talked about how men during sex tend to really focus on their performance. Mm -hmm. And women tend to focus on whether or not they're going to orgasm. Oh. But maybe sex to you and your relationship can mean something else. Mm -hmm. Maybe it can just mean like you're not worried about the end. You're just focusing on the time that you're spending together and the effort that you're spending focusing on each other physically. Okay. Or something else. Like maybe it means something totally intense and erotic and deep. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's quick. Maybe it's fast. Maybe it's slow. But they're saying like give yourself permission that the definition of sex that you have could be something else that you define with your partner. As a couple. Figure it out. Yeah. Okay. And I wanted to say that as like that could be the premise of it. Like, what does sex mean to you? Because I was gonna like, well, what I was gonna ask, what is the definition of good sex? And I guess that's kind exactly. of up to the couple. 
Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So like you can't know it's good or bad until you define for yourselves what that means. All right. I'm down with that. Yeah. Cool. You down with SEX? Yeah. You know me. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> but then the second thing that they talked about. So going back to the first article, um, t- I took out the things that kind of seemed like themes. And then I wanted to say how to make those things better. Okay. So the ones that I'm taking away from are being mindful about turning towards each other, knowing what turns you on, turns your partner on, and then talking about sex. So I'm taking that like turning towards having a conversation and then knowing your partner's um, erotic on, pinpoints. Yeah. Turn or, ons and offs. Yeah. Um, and so the second thing that I think would be pretty easy for most folks to do mm-hmm. um, to help you talk about your sex life and to help you know your partner's turns on, turn-ons, feel more comfortable and turn towards each other. It kind of is something that can help with all of those. Okay. Yeah. Let's, I'm excited. Well, I know. Now, now this is like the real chunky meat of the story. And so one of the best ways you can make your sex life better huh? is to, Ooh. you're going to love this answer. Okay. Talk about it. Oh, no. <laughs> Tell us favorite answer to Of everything. course. That's what it is. So researchers found that Nine percent of couples who can't talk about sex are satisfied with their sex life. Okay. <laughs> like, wait a minute. Yeah, I know. Okay, so okay, so that's a very low number yeah. of people. So if that you really can't talk about your sex life, chances are you're going to have bad. Yes. Okay. And so you really have to get better at talking about your sex life because when most people talk about it. They're pretty vague and they're not specific and then they don't give examples and it's just they expect yeah. their partner to read their minds or just magically yeah. know like we've been together 20 years. You should just know. Yeah. There's so many cultural like we said hang ups about being you know, prudish or being yeah, conservative in your life. So I feel like people do have a lot of baggage about that and I can definitely see where that comes from and it's really unfortunate. And to be fair, I, I remember someone who I knew that went to a Christian school that had a very conservative upbringing, posting an article that was like, the moment I got married, I was supposed to go from being like very conservative prudish to like a freak in the sack. Mm -hmm. And they were like, how is that supposed to happen? Like I, I went from zero and now I'm supposed to be a hundred. And it, she's like, it really took her years to figure out how to like become a sexual person because she had just been taught that sex was so wrong. Right. So to be fair, like there are definitely people who are raised in upbringings where their sexuality is not, they're not given the tools to talk about sex Mm -hmm. safely. That's a good way of putting it. The language of sexual conversation about yourself. Yeah. Hmm, Very good. Um, And so... I'm going to talk about what you can do, but they also recommended a book in the article called Couples That Talk About Sex Have Better Sex. Again, right on the nose. I love it. That couples that talk about sex have better sex. Call it what it is. So if, if that's something that you want to get better at to make your sex life better, it's a good book out there, I guess. Um, but the other thing that you can do is one of the things they recommended is to build an erotic love map with your partner. Ooh. I love that idea. And so I I just ripped off Wikipedia for the definition of a love map. And I quote my BFF Wikipedia. A love map is a person's emotional internal blueprint for their ideal erotic sexual situations. 
ideal. Yes. A lot of pizza. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Mm-hmm. I think pineapple goes on pizza. Oh, I do too. <laughs> I'm okay yeah. with that. I'm looking forward to our future conversations. And so the way that you build a love map is to sit down with your partner, maybe lay in bed, maybe get a bottle of wine or la vie or something, and then go through these questions and answer them openly and honestly. Mm-hmm. And then you ask these specific questions about your sex preferences. Ooh. So I'm going to tell you the questions. Write them down. You can also look them up. Okay. So they fall into two categories. I'm going to do the first category and then the second category. The first category is talking about what felt good about the last time you had sex. Mm-hmm. So what felt good about the last time you had sex? It was sex. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's kind of like a vague answer. <laughs> it's a vague answer. It's like, hmm, no, I'm not sure what to do with what it. What specifically? Yeah, like what touching felt good, what was helpful. Yes. And then the three questions you ask within there were, are, what did we do that caused you to feel closer and connected to me? Mm-hmm. What did we do that made you relax? And what did we do that turned you on? That's really nice. That's very sweet. It's opposed to being like unrelaxed and turned off and closed up. Exactly. You want to have good, open, relaxed, comfortable partner time well it's really driving yeah like you do because you want to feel connected you want to feel relaxed and then you want to feel turned on it's so sweet yeah i think it is so that's the first part of building a love map with your partner and it's good for both of you to know like what's good for each other yeah and then the second question or group is what do you need to make sex better for you because you want it to be better right yeah none of those big wedgie pillows (laughs) Yeah, anyway. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, I've seen videos. Okay. So uh, what do you need to make sex better for you? And then the three questions there are, what do you need to feel in the mood? Did I read that right? Okay. What do you need to feel? And what do you need to feel in the mood for sex? Got it. To feel in the mood for sex. What do you, what need? Do you need? Candles? Exactly. Uh, music? The kids are in bed. Not screaming. You have been. <laughs> no, seriously. Yeah, no, I am serious. Yeah, like it's very hard to get romantic when they're screaming children in the background. Well, I'm like if you've had a day of fighting with your partner all day. I remember John, the guy that married us, saying like sex starts in the morning. Mm-hmm. But which which is basically the you need to be kind most of the day for yep. some people need to feel emotional connection throughout the day. Yes. What makes sex more like lovemaking for you? Oh, yeah, that's a good question. And then the last one is, what are fantasies or thoughts you have during sex? That I'm riding a magical carpet across the sky. (laughs) A whole new world. (laughs) It's like, Del, where are you? (laughs) Flying through the sky. (laughs) We renamed it the sky. (laughs) The sky. Um. And so I thought, in honor of Valentine's Day, in honor of promoting a a culture that has good, healthy sex, we could talk about good sex, not as good as sex, what makes the difference there, and then if you want to have better sex. Here's how you do it. A good way to start is by just doing a love map and talking to your partner. And start, I guess, if you're planning on having sex this week... Start yeah. today. Start on Tuesday by by Friday. Start building that erotic love map 
and we guarantee no, we, can guarantee, <laughs> we are not guaranteeing anything yeah but uh i think if i think this is really great if you want to have better sex like i how could this how could it not be these things you know it just seems so right on target and so like why didn't i think of that yeah so i mean some ships are going to take longer to turn around than others but you got to start somewhere like the titanic well, yeah, it's probably not going to turn around anytime soon. <laughs> well, Stephanie, thank you so much for sharing that. What are what are your final personal thoughts and takes about these articles? I feel like the answer to most of it was just if you want a good marriage, good sex life, good whatever, you really need to be turning towards your partner yeah. and not towards your cell phone. <laughs> and talking about it. I feel like it's really hard to be good at bowling if you're not talking about bowling and investigating bowling and practicing bowling. We should have just replaced sex with bowling (laughs) so people could feel comfortable. (laughs) Mommy, why are you listening to that bowling podcast? Mm -hmm. You got to turn towards bowling. Uh, But yeah, no, like anything, you have to be practicing. You have to do it together. It's a team activity. You, me, babe. Very cool. Well, I'm looking forward to building an erotic love map with you. He has like a team of two, though, just to be like. (laughs) I don't know how many are on a bowling team, but I don't want all of them there. (laughs) Do we get cool shirts at least? You can get a cool shirt. I'm okay with that. Awesome. With flames. (laughs) Uh, As I was saying, I'm excited to build an erotic love map with you. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I just wasn't expecting that. So I was like, okay. Oh, you're so cute. Stephanie, thank you for sharing that with us today. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. And hopefully everyone out there listening, thank you for listening today. And hopefully you can have a better sex life. Um, And, you know, happy Valentine's week and uh, almost Poonchki Day. Those things go together really well, don't they? Mm-hmm. So if you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, like, share, give us a rating or an end a review wherever you listen to podcasts. That would be super helpful. And uh, we hope that you have a really wonderful Valentine's week. And Stephanie, anything else? We hope that after listening to this podcast, you learn that you can have a better sex life. Very, very much. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.